Psalm 122. A song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There, thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Last week I was um, driving back from New York, as, as you guys know, and I was reminded of just how much I love that last stretch on uh, Mass Pike uh, coming in toward Boston on I-90 East. Uh, it's, uh, you guys know that. I don't know if you've driven that uh, leg, but you're, you're driving past. Uh, you see that, that Star Market overpass uh, around Newtonville? Like, uh, and then just as you're going under that, you know like you're approaching Boston. And then soon you could expect to see the beautiful, towering skyline uh, of Boston. And then it feels so welcoming and hospitable compared to the you know the interminable wilderness that is the highway you know from new york to new york to boston and um and that sense of coming home uh, after a long pilgrim journey is kind of like what's in view here in psalm 122 um it's written from the point of view of a pilgrim and uh it's who's arriving to worship in uh jerusalem it says of david in the superscription which could mean that david wrote it or it could mean that it is written maybe in the style or in, the, in reflecting on the life of David. Um, if it was written by David, then perhaps he penned it you know, uh, during or shortly after uh, the, uh, uh, the move of the capital of God's people to Jerusalem. Uh, and then, uh, uh, or maybe in, as, as he was preparing for the construction of the temple um, in 1 Samuel 7. And uh, the psalm is divided into three sections. Uh, in verses 1 to 2, we see the introduction uh, introduction to the psalm. It's where the pilgrim's kind of approaching Jerusalem, or he's just within Jerusalem, approaching the temple. So he speaks of the gates of Jerusalem. And then in verses uh, 3 to 5, he is beholding Jerusalem, and he speaks of the city of Jerusalem. And then finally, in verse 6 to 9, he speaks of praying for Jerusalem, for the peace of Jerusalem. So the gates of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem. Um, so let's look at verses 1 to 2 first. Uh, the main point of the whole thing is that we should seek the peace of the city of God uh, from which God rules. Uh, and, uh, and it says in verses 1 to 2, it was, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Uh, so the pilgrims within the gates of Jerusalem and his heart welling up with joy and gratification. He had been anticipating this stay uh, ever since some people had suggested to him, hey, let us go to the house of the Lord. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and because uh, that's where the dwelling place of God is. And he longed to be in the presence of God, to worship God. That's where the ark of God rested even before 
the construction of the temple, there was the tabernacle holding the, holding the ark there, and uh, and and it's a, I know a pastor who like I think he says this every Sunday. He's like Sunday is like my favorite day of the week. You know, my and and uh, and it's a. Uh, and it's like, do we have that kind of anticipation for gathering as the people of God, uh, just like this pilgrim does? And I was, uh, I was uh, reading a book uh, this week that told the, the story about Martin Lloyd-Jones and, and that I just loved. And Martin Lloyd-Jones was a pastor. Um, you guys know, who, who knows about Martin Lloyd-Jones? Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, was, was really a spiritual giant. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he's the one that wrote the book Spiritual Depression, which is probably one of his most popular books. And, uh, he was a pastor at Westminster Chapel, uh, during World War II. Uh, and so he's, the chapel, Westminster Chapel is a stone's throw from Buckingham Palace. So he's living in, in the capital and, uh, and, uh, uh, and and it's the it's the era of Hitler and Churchill, right? And FDR. It's these larger than life figures. And here's this uh, pastor uh, in Westminster Chapel. Uh, and and uh, and when the war began, uh, they never stopped meeting, um, even though they knew of the Germans' reputation of bombing densely populated areas. Uh, and uh, and they uh, continued to uh, worship. And one day, uh, as they were worshiping on a Sunday morning, a bomb fell like a few yards from the church. Uh, shaking the building, and the plaster fell from the uh, the ceiling, and uh, and up one of the one of the prisoners that were there later reco- recalled that she thought um, that she was in heaven because all oh, these brothers just were covered in white, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, it's a uh, uh, but uh, Martin Luther Jones was praying at the time. He, he, they called it the long prayer, which is the pastoral prayer that he did every Sunday, and uh, he didn't stop praying. Uh, he kept on praying. And then, uh, and then he finished praying and then paused briefly to, to tell people, you could take cover under the gallery if you'd like. Uh, and then after people had taken cover, he resumed the service, finished preaching, uh, finished their service, uh, and, and went on. Uh, and so it's like a, and, and it's just a, such a powerful and uh, defiant uh, statement of the people of God. Uh, this is the embassy of the kingdom of God, and no matter how the kingdoms of earth are shaking, we will not fail to meet. We will not fail to worship. Uh, and, and that's the kind of, uh, it's the hope that they had, and, and it, that's the hope and identity of a pilgrim. This is what we belong to. This is uh, uh, who we are. Uh, it's, uh, even when the world, that we, as we know it, is falling apart, we have a, an unf- unfailing, unwavering hope. Um, so that's kind of this what we see here of this pilgrim's joy in being within the gates of Jerusalem to gather with the worshipers uh, at the gates of Jerusalem. And then we see the city of Jerusalem. Uh, he beholds and marvels at it in verses 3 to 5. Uh, in the covenant that God made with Abraham, he made three promises. He, made, he promised that he would give him a people, descendants, a people, a nation. And he promised that he would give Abraham a place, a promised land. Uh, and then thirdly, he promised that he would dwell with them, his presence. So a people, a place, and a presence. That's kind of the covenant uh, that, that God makes with his people. Uh, and we see all three of that here in uh, verses 3 to 5. So first, we see a place, Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. Uh, this is the place that God's people call uh, home, the, the dwelling place of God, where we, they worship God. It's like described like an impregnable fortress, like it's bound firmly together, uh, dwelling place of God on high. Um, and the elevation of God's city 
it's it represents the exaltation of God above all gods, because um, uh, God's name rests on it. And then in verse four, we see a people to which the tribes go up. It says, right, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel. And the word tribe recalls, of course, the sons of Jacob, sons of Israel. Uh, and in Jeremiah uh, ten sixteen and fifty one nineteen, God calls Israel the tribe of His inheritance. Um, I mean, we use this word sometimes too, right, to refer to like you know theological tribes or or political tribes or social tribes that people belong to. Uh, what, what the people of God are God's tribe. He says, "This is my tribe, the tribe of my inheritance, His chosen people, and uh, and they are." Uh, and Jerusalem is a city wherein the tribes of the Lord gather. Um, and then they go to give thanks to the name of the Lord uh, that refers to uh, the presence of God among them, to rule among them. And verse 5 speaks of this ruling presence. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Davidic kings rule in God's stead as his representatives to execute justice that God wants to see uh, on earth. Uh, so we see Jerusalem is the place that God has set for his presence to dwell, wherein his people are to live and worship. Um, and so after beholding the city of Jerusalem, the psalmist exhorts us in verses 6 to 9 to seek and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, there's an extended kind of wordplay slash you know, alliteration in this last, last section that the translation can't quite capture because the word Jerusalem uh, in verse 6, the word peace in verses 6, 7, and 8, word pray in verse 6, and word be secure in verse 6, all sound very similar in the Hebrew. It's all kind of, it all sounds like the Hebrew word for peace, which is shalom. Shalom, you know, Jerusalem, shalom. It's like, it's like all like, that sounds like that. So the effect is quite emphatic. It's, it's saying that as the people of God, uh, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem uh, so that the city might live up to its name. Uh, Jerusalem means city of peace, right? And uh, unfortunately, uh, the peace of Jerusalem didn't last forever, as we know. Uh, people fell into idolatry and were consequently exiled from the city uh, of God. And even more significantly, when Jesus was entering Jerusalem in Luke 19, verses 41-44, instead of being glad like this pilgrim and rejoicing like this pilgrim, he, he wept over it, it says in verse 41. And this is what he said as he was weeping over Jerusalem. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down on the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. He wept because the people of the Lord rejected the Lord, because the city of peace didn't recognize the one who came to bring peace, the Prince of Peace, and because they failed to recognize Jesus as the Messianic King. And so as a result, Jerusalem was dashed to pieces. Uh, and, uh, but Jesus came uh, in order to make that peace possible again, uh, to that reconciliation with God possible again. Uh, and so he dies on the cross uh, uh, for the sins of his people. And, and, and Romans 5, 1 to 2 says that, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so it's by believing in Jesus uh, that, that we receive the peace that he paid for 
uh, on the cross by paying the penalty for our sins. And that's how we appropriate the peace that's spoken of uh, and that we are called to seek and pray for. Um, and after that, Jesus is the, basically becomes, he's the new temple. So he replaces uh, the temple of God that's, that's destroyed. Uh, and, and all those who are in Christ become the temple of God uh, and become the new Jerusalem. Uh, and that's the glorious vision we see in Revelation 21. When the voice says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's the ultimate fulfillment of the promise of a place, a people, and the presence of God among them. Uh, And the New Jerusalem is not a place anymore. The New Jerusalem is called the Bride. Right. It's the New Jerusalem is the church. Uh, we are the church. We are the New Jerusalem. Um, and, and so God dwells with us and dwells uh, within us. And we, uh, and so, uh, and that's, that should actually, I think, make, uh, make us even more eager than this pilgrim is to go, to go to Jerusalem and to be with the people of God, you know, um, to gather uh, with the dwelling place of God, uh, to worship together and to seek the peace of God's people uh, with God and with one another and, uh, and then to extend that peace to others. That's what we do in passing of the peace, right? We see peace with God and then extend that peace to others. Uh, and that's the, um, yeah, so hopefully we live out that identity as a pilgrim and as the, as the city of God here on earth, the embassy of God on earth.